If you got your Bible, Romans chapter 12 is where we're going. I'm skipping the opening illustration, all right? I'm diving straight in. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Anybody know who wrote the book of Romans? Paul did. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 are probably one of the biggest passages in, in the book of Romans. And it literally is a hinge point again. You know, last week we talked about complete abandon and how we talked in Jeremiah 29, 11, right? How that was a hinge point verse in the book of Jeremiah. Romans 12 is one of those hinge points. Paul, in the very first 11 chapters of Romans, is articulating the mercies of God and the mercies that we find in God. And then it comes to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, in the very first parts of this passage, he says, Now, brothers and sisters, I urge you in view of God's mercy. He's coming back to and reflecting on all that he has just talked about in the first 11 chapters. And so there's this hinge point here, and he makes this power statement about what does it mean to be a living sacrifice. And so tonight, that's where we're going. What does it mean to be a believer in Christ who is completely surrendered to the Lordship of Christ and gives their life sacrificially unto the Lord? That's the big idea. Complete surrender to the Lordship of Christ makes great sacrifices with their resources, their time, and their talents to glorify God and not themselves. And here you go. Romans 12, 1. Now, in view of God's mercy. Oh, so good, guys. What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Living. That's what Paul says in this verse. In view of God's mercies, that you should offer yourselves as living sacrifices unto the Lord. What does it mean to live sacrificially? If Christ is Lord of my life. That means he's boss of my life. That means there's some things in me that I need to sacrifice. Paul would even say it's not necessarily something, it's you. Paul would argue that it's putting all of you on the altar of sacrifice. It is everything that you are, your time, your talents, your resources. You take all of who I am and all that I'm gifted with, and I put it on the altar of God as a sacrifice unto Him because I want to glorify God with everything that I have and everything that I am. This is what Paul is encouraging us to do. And so I want us to think about three different things. One, a sacrificial believer knows sacrifice because they've seen it in Jesus. They've seen it in Jesus. If you and I, as we live sacrificially as a sacrificial believer, we know what sacrifice is. Because Jesus gave it all, didn't he? He was the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the ultimate price for you and I. When he willingly took that cross, nails, crown of thorns, the beatings, the blood poured out on the cross, Oh yeah, he knows what sacrifice is, don't you? And for those who are a believer in Christ, you understand what Jesus did on your behalf. 
you understand what true sacrifice means because it was your sin that nailed him to the cross. And it was your sin that Jesus paid the penalty for. Three days later was buried, or was buried and three days later rose again, conquering your sin and death. He sacrificed it all for you and I to have eternal life. Paul illustrates this again in Philippians chapter 2. He says, Jesus, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, yes, death on a cross. And for this reason, also godly highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, King of kings and Lord of lords. That is the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. I'm going to go deep with you, okay? You ready? What Jesus did was a once and for all sacrifice. Now, back in the Old Testament times, in the OT, the way that they had relationship with God and communication with God was through a blood sacrifice. They would have an altar, something like this. And this altar... Yeah, you're like, man, Steve, you're strong. You just move that big old, I'm going to put it right down here. I'm the Hulk. Um, And so they would have an altar that's something like this. And they would bring a sacrifice. And usually that sacrifice was an unblemished lamb, a perfect lamb, a a spotless animal. And they would take that animal. You're you're probably going to be creeped out if you're a pet lover. I'm sorry. Um, But Old Testament, this is how it rolled. They would literally slit the neck of that animal and the blood would pour it out and then they would take that animal and put it on the altar and they would light that fire and the smoke from the dead animal going up was to be the pleasing aroma to God that that animal took on the sin that I was bearing. That was kind of wild to think. But that's how they did it in Old Testament. They would pray over that goat or they pray over that little lamb or they would pray, pray over that bird or dove or whatever and they would put it on the altar and light that altar up and the smoke would go up into heaven. And that is how they had relationship with God and how they had communion with God. Go read all the things that Moses enacted and what is a pure sacrifice. And what Jesus did on the cross was that for you and me so that I would not have to do that ever again. What Jesus did is he put himself on the altar and said, my blood poured out on the altar. My blood poured out. My my sacrifice to be the pleasing aroma to God, to pay the penalty for you and I. Y'all, we don't have relationship with God unless there's a blood sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Y'all, that's what Jesus did for you. He said, I got your sin. I will take your sin. I will pay the penalty for your sin, and I will stand in your place. And if you've surrendered your heart and your life to Christ as a believer, you understand what sacrifice is all about because you see it in the example of Jesus Not only did Jesus teach about sacrifice, he was a sacrifice. And that sets Jesus apart from all other prophets, all other great teachers, all of those 
Uh-uh. Jesus was the demonstration of the ultimate sacrifice. His life and his death is the example for all of us to know what really sacrifice is all about. And so we see here that a believer who is sacrificial in their life and who they are, they see it in Jesus. Um, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, For we have been bought with a price. What is that price? The cross. You have been bought with a price. Glorify God in your body. So I go back to Romans 12.1 and I see what is Paul talking about? If it's Jesus, why, why, what are you talking about? That, I, that I'm a living sacrifice? Wasn't Jesus the living sacrifice? Yes, he was the ultimate living sacrifice. Dead, buried, rose again, now alive. Living sacrifice. And here's the call of God on his children and on his believers. Is that we would be a living sacrifice. That we would follow the example of Jesus. Oh no, we don't have to pay the penalty for sin because that's already been done. But how I live my life as a believer is a reflection. A reflection of what Christ has done for my life. And therefore, I want to be a living sacrifice. I want to give my time and my talents and my resources to further the kingdom of God. I want to see all of my friends come to faith in Christ. I want them to know the peace, love, and hope that can only be found in Jesus just like I found it. And you know what? For us to be living sacrifices mean we need to make sacrifices. And some of us in our lives don't want to do that. I like what I got. Sacrifice what? No way. You want me to? No. Jesus, I ain't doing that. How many of you have said that excuse to God? You know what? Being a living sacrifice means making a sacrifice. And it may look like time. It may look like Money, although y'all ain't got any. Although during COVID, many of y'all worked really good. Don't, some of your bank accounts are stacked right now because uh, uh, y'all decided to go to work instead of go to school. <laughs> Hannah Lee is over there. Yeah, I got it. Uh, so, y'all, like, some of y'all got money. Not all of you do. Some of you have a really good talent, a gift. And you're holding back that gift. You're not willing to sacrifice. You're not willing to sacrifice your talents for the glory of God. Y'all, if you want to be a living sacrifice, you've got to make sacrifices. Number two, a sacrificial believer sees every moment and every resource as a way of moving the kingdom forward for God. First Peter says this, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I was reading this commentary the other day, and I was just blown away by this. If you think about what does it mean for me to make sacrifices in my life, it means I need to change the work of my hands. Because, be honest with you, so many times that I make the work of the hands in a way to I want to find and discover the pleasures of the world. And never really experience the joy in Christ. I will do, I'll sacrifice all these things and other that I can get the pleasures of the world. Like I want what everybody else wants. I want to go after it. 
I want to be all I can be and do all I want to do and all those kind of things. And you use those gifts and those talents to please self and indulge sin. Y'all, that's not what God has called you to be, especially if you're a believer in Christ. It ain't about you. It's all about him and what he wants to do with you and through you. And that will take sacrifices for sure. Jesus taught several different times of how big a sacrifice it was. Matthew 13, 44 through 46 is a great, a great spot here. He gives two really poignant parables. One, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again, and for joy over it he goes and sells everything, sacrifices, that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold everything that he had, and he bought it. Y'all, when you know who Jesus is, when you truly know him as a treasure, as a great pearl, oh, you want to do everything you possibly can for others to have the same. You want them to know who Jesus is. You need to sacrifice some things. And put it on the altar. Number three. We'll keep going. I'm trying to go faster. I've got three minutes. Are you kidding me? All right. Number three. A sacrificial believer finds joy. No, I'm, take, oh, I'm going to go back. I was convicted by this. Because when it comes to my time, talent, and resources, I don't always give it up. I don't always sacrifice it. And you know what? There are times that, I, that I've been a part of student ministries and students will like sell everything, you know? It's like the extreme. It's either you do make sacrifices for the kingdom of God or you don't. And there's no in between. There's really no balance. And so many times I see in students, you guys will get all gung-ho for God and you will just sell everything and you'll give everything and your parents are like, what are you doing, Steve? You're, you're giving away all of our stuff, you know? Well, they need it for the glory of God. Here it goes. You take it all, take it all, take it all. Y'all, there's a balance here. There's a balance. I mean, yes, you could hoard it all, right? You could probably do that. Or you give it all away. But y'all, there's a balance. There's a spot where we don't use all of our liberties just because we can. We need to be wise and good stewards of what we have and what God has blessed us with, and we give away what we need to give away. You know, Paul talks about it, um, and actually Peter does, in 1 Peter 2, verses 16 through 7, it says, Act as free people, and don't use your freedom as a covering for evil. But use it as a bondservant of God, honoring all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So what God has blessed you with, yes, you need to honor your parents. You need to honor the people around you. And you give what you can give. And you do those things to sacrificially live and further the kingdom of God in your life and the, and the lives of the people around you. All right, number three. I had to go there. I've, I've seen that too many times, and I feel like we need to talk about what does it mean to have the balance. Number three. Here we go. 
A sacrificial believer finds joy in sacrificial living. Joy in sacrificial living. Ephesians 5.2 says this, And walk in love. Walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. I want to illustrate it this way. There's just something joyful about being on the altar and living sacrificially. There's just something fun about when a believer actually becomes a sacrifice. Some of you are like, I want to stand on a rock. <laughs> Guess what? I'm finding joy right now. <laughs> look, look, I have no joy. Hey, y'all, this is what the Christian life is all about. This is it. What used to be a dead animal now is a live person. Like, what God is asking us and what Paul is teaching us in Romans 12 is to be a living sacrifice, to put yourself, your heart on the altar of God and that you would sacrificially live for Him, to glorify Him and to lead others to do the same. This is what it means to be sacrificial, that I put myself on the altar and say, God, whatever you want for me, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I want to do it. I want to be that sacrifice. As I started digging on this, and I started reflecting on what Old Testament life was like, that they put a lot of hope, right, in the animal. And the animal and the smoke that went up to heaven, right? Didn't I say that earlier? I said that earlier, right? The smoke would be pleasing aroma to God. So as a living sacrifice, what do I have to give as a pleasing aroma? If I'm going to place my life on the altar, what, what do I have to give that's going to be a pleasing aroma to God? And a light bulb started going off in my head. Worship. That's what Paul talked about in Romans 12, right? Offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing, acceptable to God. For this is your spiritual act of what? Worship. What I have to give as a living sacrifice is just praise. And that's all he's looking for. He's looking for obedience, praise. Y'all, what are you doing with your life? Are you saying, I ain't got it. I don't need to be on it. I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. I just do life the way I want to do it. Or are you going to lay yourself on the altar and say, Jesus, take me wherever you want to go? I'm putting myself, I'm putting my heart on the altar. I'm doing everything. Up. You get what I'm saying, right? Hey, to be completely abandoned to the Lordship of Christ is going to require a sacrifice. It just is. And this is the joy that we find as a believer in Christ. When we can sacrificially give to his glory, and to his fame, oh, that's good. It's called dying to self. When I can do that, y'all, there's so much joy on the other side of that that some of you are not convinced of. You think you're having joyful moments right now? Living for yourself? But what would it look like if you actually put yourself on the altar and allow God to do something great on the other side of it? Some of you don't know Christ. You're in the room tonight. 
and you don't, you don't understand the sacrifice that Jesus has made on your behalf. And maybe tonight you're finding yourself in that spot where I don't know what it means to have hope in my life. I don't know what does it mean to have eternal life. I don't know, I don't understand this whole sacrifice thing. Steve, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And maybe tonight's the night that the Lord brought you here into this room to see a visual picture of what Jesus did on your behalf so that you could have eternal life. That you would repent of your sin. You would simply look to God and say, God, I don't know how this whole prayer thing works. I don't know how this whole communication thing works. But I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the sin that's in my life. And right now, I just... I want to repent of that. I want to change the direction of my life. I don't want to keep doing what I've always done. And tonight you are surrendering all of that sin and all that past and all that, and you're laying it at the foot of Jesus. You're laying it on the altar. And say, Jesus, take this sin away. I repent. I change the direction of my life. And maybe the next part of your heart is, I believe. Jesus, I believe what you did for me on the cross. I believe that three days later, you rose again, conquering sin and death, so that I could have eternal life. And my response to that belief is to receive him and to trust him as Lord and Savior of my life. That means I simply surrender. It's praying a prayer that simply says, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I want you to come into my life. I believe that you paid the penalty for my sin. I believe it. And Lord, would you come into my life? Would you make me new?